Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton, and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. And she's a great, she's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. So um, we are excited to be able to take you on our journey of our voice memos. And this is what we do every day, a few times a day, just sprinkling in our thoughts and our ideas on something. And of course, always having an opinion. Yes. And so we, um, we share voice memos all the time. And Jennifer is, I can't believe I've known you 20 years with your old ass. Um, has some of the best common sense of anyone I've ever met. So I'd love her for that. And our voice memos are just our random thoughts about a lot of topics and everything. But let me tell you something. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the show for you because we are shallow. We are shallow people and we go shallow on our topics. Yeah, I don't want to go deep with anyone, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so <laughs> we love our listeners. We, lo- we, we want to hear all your feedback. But again, thank you for being a listener. This is Voice Memos. I'm Myron. And I'm Jennifer. Okay, see you on the see you on the podcast. I mean, well, what the hell? I yeah, I am not the most tech technical technologically sound individual but you're not any better if you can't say it if you can't say it you can't use it <laughs> when you say check your spam or your junk i know something's wrong <laughs> you know what i am on the um i am on the technological spectrum <laughs> i look look i, I said I, I was telling Elliot, who's in the background somewhere that I think you and I have recorded six or seven episodes, maybe two or three live. And the preceding hour and a half before I record is the most frustrating hour and a half of every week. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do anything. Oh my God. Oh, so look, Jen, I I have this blue Yeti microphone that the... um, that the guy who is over these podcasts, Greg Howard Jr., wonderful man, he is recommended, oh, get this microphone. So I get this microphone off, off the Google, Amazon thing. I plug it in, it's beautiful, easy, you just plug and play. And then I get no sound out of this goddamn thing, no <laughs> sound. And then I start searching around on the Google to find out why you do all these questions. And I get to the Apple support page, because I have, I have this Mac, and the Apple support page, after many visits, I finally found something that said, basically, when you use the, the mute button, when you tap the mute button on this Yeti microphone, the Apple Mac, the Macs do not read that action. And so oh. they mute it. And so, but you got to go into this Apple M-I-D-I thing and manually check it there. And let me tell you something. None of that shit works. None of it works. <laughs> Especially when you're 60. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's just none, none of it works. But then, and then as my daughter Leah has pointed out, and as my partner Elena has pointed out, maybe buying my Mac, my seven-year-old Mac off Groupon was not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> This $300 MacBook, it's like seven years old now. You know, maybe it just, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. Well, at least you figured it out. You sent me the link today. We get to talk about quite a few things in our voice memo exchanges over the past week or two weeks because you are on a lovely excursion 
through Canada that we can't wait to talk about. So it's amazing that we can sit and have this discussion and catch up our fans on our recent dialogue with, of course, everything from your technologically uh, spectrumness to trips to Mojito. Uh, we will catch up everybody on that as we begin this journey today. I love that. So that's really good. And before I move on, I just want to say that not even though I'm having sound issues, you don't have any video, motherfucker. <laughs> you can't hear me whistling. <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? How about the fact that we we only have a few episodes, and we took a week off already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So that leads right into our introduction. So I, um, that is Jennifer. Jennifer is from Wisconsin, lives in New York. She has a beautiful um, elder dog named Mojito, that also called Beast. She is an aunt, a daughter, sister, and a very good friend. Well, and this is Myron, who just fucked up the fact that I'm <laughs> in California, not New York. But okay, uh, <laughs> I, I am. What I what I say is I I am Wisconsin born and California raised because I got out here you know in my early twenties and uh, had the opportunity to work with Myron and that was over God twenty years ago so we've been friends. he's an amazing writer publisher blogger and one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life so I you know I was thinking about you and I having a conversation, this was a couple of years ago in regards to vaccines. And I said something to you and I said, you know, I'm not sure about this vaccine stuff. And this is pre COVID. This was, this was just vaccine conversation. And you, you replied back to me in a voice memo and said, don't be stupid. Don't, don't be that idiot. <laughs> oh you sent me God. and you sent me every flipping article from the Spanish flu to polio. To <laughs> and I just responded back, you're right. <laughs> and plus, at our ages, we were already vaccinated with every fucking thing. Right. We were right. already vaccinated. Like, what the hell? What the absolute hell? People going on about this vaccination. Like, that was early. That was early in this thing. That was, er that was even before, I think even there was even a trigger of, we were talking about, maybe I was getting my tetanus or something. And I said, man, I don't know about this. And man, did you respond with the ultimate response that I want to tell most people that say that? You just said, don't be stupid. It was the greatest. So oh this is, God. that was just a piece of our friendship and how we interact with one another. So sometimes we see things differently. Sometimes we're on the same page. And to to reiterate his intelligence is that he bombarded me with facts. And that moment I realized, shit, I was just basing myself off of something I heard. So that's what I value about this friendship. And that's what I value about these conversations, because ultimately we get to talk about these types of things and not spend a lot of time diving into it because ultimately I have such a short attention span that I'm on to the next subject. So you support my my habit of not wanting to get too deep, dig too deep into conversation. And so, as we say in our intro, if you, the listener, want to go deep on issues, whether that's politics or pop culture, sports, music, relationships, animals, foods, whatever it is, this is not the show for you. We are shallow and we stay shallow. 100%. We're, we're, we're shallow ass people. So, yeah, I mean, you know what, Jen, it's funny you bring that up because one of our voice memos this week was, um, or probably just today, because the, the mask mandate was just lifted uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon for uh, airlines and uh, travel trains and things like that. And even though uh, COVID is still out there and some countries, some cities around the world are shutting down, uh, there's 10 different massively sized cities in China that are shut down, including Shanghai, which has 28 million people. And it's still out there. And this one judge, um, I forget her name, but she is a Trump appointee. She is uh, young. 
uh, white lady, just for demographic purposes. And she was rude. Um, I forget the official wording from the American Bar Association when she was nominated for a judgeship, judgeship, judgeship that she was unqualified. Oh my God. And that one lady decides to lift the mask mandate for the entire nation, that one lady. So that's where we are today. No mask mandate in, uh, on trains and airplanes as such. You know, I heard, I thought, I was under the impression that it was not going to happen until after, mainly after spring break travel, because I think right now we're in the crux of, 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 tra of travel for spring break. And I thought, I was under the assumption that it wasn't going to happen until like May 6th or something crazy yeah i i guess you know i guess it was going to go away um although we could still wear a mask i was out um this morning at the grocery store and i wore my mask and i would say about maybe half the people were wearing masks but significantly none of the workers were wearing their mask anymore none of them oh interesting yes, yes i really thought hard about that because you know with this with the mask and spreading of germs and, and viruses and all that, there's a lot of videos out there about how they spread and how they travel and people coughing in restaurants. You can see it, you know, on these slow motion videos and such. And I was thinking about that again, as many people have mentioned, going through not just around people, but going through all the fruits and vegetables sections, you know, oh my, like, oh my God, these people. So, <laughs> and it made sense because, uh, as we were discussing this past week again in our voice memos, I just returned from a uh, nine, 10 day trip to Canada. And did you have to wear your mask while you were there? Let me tell you something. So the short answer is yes. So to get into Canada, not only did you have to have your vaccination card with your vaccinate, your vac two vaccinations and, and booster, and you had to have a negative uh, test within the preceding I think it was 48 hours. So you got to get that test. You go into the country and you go through their customs. Um, you go through uh, the, the, the checkpoint at the airport is three or four layers. And then to get out of the airport, three or four layers to get out of the airport, uh, checking all that stuff. And then you also have to declare and provide information that if you get COVID while you're in that country, you have to give them an address where you're going to quarantine for 14 days. Stop. Yes. So that was just to get it out of the airport. And then to get onto the train was three more checkpoints for vaccination card, uh, recent testing, and um, of course, your passport and all that. Just to get on the train. And then on the train, you have to wear your mask in public areas, or which was just walking up and down the train, but in the seating areas. And then you could take them off at dinner. And then to get out of Canada, you have to go through the same thing again, get a, get a PCR test in Canada in order to get back into the United States. So the United States had the requirement to come back in as well. So it was, I believe, between going into Canada on the airplane, getting on the train, getting into and out of Canada or getting out of Canada back in the U.S. was probably about four hours worth of time. Wow. Yeah, it was That's crazy because the United States still requires you when you come back from another country to yep. test it or have a positive test, correct? Yeah, you, you do. Yeah, you got to have a positive test. And so imagine um, we had to call, we had to find a place to test on Easter Sunday in Canada um, so we can get on the airplane. And so, of course, it was, it was Sunday, it was Easter. Most places were closed, but there were a couple of places opened. And you just had to pay. And it was, wow. I think ours were probably 50 or $60. And yeah, but you have to register online. You have to get the app, do all that. Cause then they just, they just send you your responses in 15 minutes. But I, I will say that the process in Canada was more smooth than the process in the U S because I had to get that same test in the U S before leaving. I went to CVS, you do it, you make your appointment online, you go through the drive-through and 72 hours later, I had not received my text message back that it was um, that it was done. And so now I'm in the airport in San Francisco waiting to board and I don't have my my test results from three days ago 
So I have been calling and checking with CVS. And of course, you can't talk to anybody. You could only text a number or leave a message. And I just did that like a hundred times. So finally, someone calls me back, this lady, Nicole, and she goes, hey, did you take a test at one of our locations? I'm like, yeah, I did. And she goes, well, it looks like we lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, what? And she goes, yeah, I have to try to process a refund because it's probably too late for you, right? And I'm going, yeah, because I'm sitting at the airport. So it is too late. So they go, yeah, sorry about that. And she hangs up. That's it. <gasps> yeah. But luckily, on the morning that we were traveling, because I did not have that result, I wasn't trusting them to get it to me. I found a local place that was open at um, 7 a.m. I could get a test and, and get it done. Just a, a random little location that the testing was done outside of a closed down, um, boarded up former Subway sandwich store. Oh, my God. I thought we are a fucking third world country. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, the, the ghetto. And... But you know what? The lady was nice. She did a little swap. And 15 minutes later, I got my result. And that's what I used to travel on. Wow. And you enjoyed the trip. Oh, my God. So to set the, set the stage. So I have two older uncles. One was celebrating his 75th birthday. Both of them are, are my mother's younger brothers. One was celebrating his 75th birthday. And uh, he's a cancer, colon cancer survivor. And he had just um, gotten two new hips in the last few months. And he had been lament, feeling sorry for himself and lamenting the fact that of all the places he ever wanted to travel, he always wanted to travel to Canada, but he had never gone. So that's my older uncle, Uncle Bill. Then his younger brother, who's 11 years younger than him, my Uncle Vernon, had decided, yep, I'm going to help my older brother realize this dream of his. So we got together, we planned this trip. So we flew from here to Seattle to Vancouver, and we spent two days in Vancouver. It's a beautiful city. Uh, and let me tell you something about Vancouver. So we stayed downtown. It's a beautiful downtown, Jen, and all these wonderful high rises. And what's unique is the high rises, the majority of them are not businesses. They're all apartments and condos and townhouses. Oh. It's people. And these are beautiful sky rises that you would see like New York, Chicago, LA or wherever, and Dallas, and, and they're businesses, but they're not that. So the downtown is vibrant. And it's just people everywhere all the time. And they have these gigantic bike and, and uh, mechanized scooter lanes. So it's very walking friendly and low, um, um, uh, not, uh, not, it's not tailored to cars. It's tailored to bikes and scooters and people walking. So it, that was very beautiful. Then from there, we hopped the train. Um, it's called VIA, V-I-A. Um, uh, across Canada. So we were from Vancouver all the way to Toronto, over 3,000 miles. And it's just, it was beautiful seeing the landscape of, of um, Canada. And it was really good food. We had individual sleeper cars and it was just, it was really nice. And it was four days on that trip, four days. We left Monday night and we arrived uh, Friday afternoon in Toronto. And we get to Toronto Toronto was like any other major metropolitan city, like you can even see in the U.S. or Europe. But again, the high rises are not, most of them are not businesses. They're just wow. beautiful apartments and they're sitting on the river. And we were there, um, their baseball team stadium is downtown and they were playing. Their basketball team is in the playoffs and they were playing, they were on the road, but they were showing it outside at their arena. And then their hockey team is going to the playoffs and they play right down there as well. So it was like people everywhere. And it was very, very cool. So yeah, it was a great trip. My uncles loved it. And um, Eliane, who lives in New York, she met us in Toronto. And we spent, we all spent a few days together. So yeah, there you go. It's a great trip. That's pretty amazing. You know, I think about Canada, and I think about watching Handmaid's Tale and how everybody was trying to get out of America to get to Canada. Right. <laughs> so I, I think, man, I, I'd love to visit there someplace. I only flew into Canada because I had a friend who decided to cut some costs on our airfare when I went to Rio de Janeiro. Okay. We flew from San Francisco to Canada down to Rio. That's, so that's line, we were in line in... Um, in San Francisco and getting on the flight and the person ahead of us said, oh, where are you guys going? 
They're like, oh, we're going to Brazil. She goes, but this is going to Canada. <laughs> I know. We're going to, we're, we saved $200 this way instead of getting a flight that would not take us eight more hours. But don't let, don't open old wounds for me because it's too painful to remember. But a, a trip that I would never, I would probably never go to Brazil again. I just didn't enjoy, um, I, it, first of all, the language barrier, you know, we get, my philosophy in life is that the number one language that should be taught to everyone around the world is sign language because it's universal. So when you go to another country, you can be able to communicate with people because you all speak sign language. That's a great idea. So I, when I went to, when I went to Brazil, I, the language barrier was so strong. It's hard to articulate what you wanted or how you needed to get somewhere. So you try to do your best to, to speak the language best as possible. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't a very pretty place. I wasn't impressed by, it wasn't very beautiful. What, um, what cities were you in when you went? Rio de Janeiro. We stayed oh, there because we went for, we went for carnival. And oh. I tell you, so everybody thinks carnival, everybody's walking in the streets with their big costumes on and it's all fancy. But you know that carnival's actually a parade that you have to pay to get into and tickets can average about a thousand bucks and oh. you go and sit and watch the parade. They're not on your local streets. The local streets are filled with um, the residents that are dressed up like it's Halloween. So they're in costumes, but not the Brazilian big, you know, headpieces and fancy glittery outfits. They're literally in, you know, Jason masks or yeah, that's interesting. Up as pebbles, you know, from the Flintstone. So it was interesting. Uh, the people were nice. It just wasn't a place that I felt, I don't know, you know how you connect when you travel someplace, you no. think to yourself, I could, I could envision myself living here, even though I won't, I could picture it. I didn't think that for Brazil at all. Yeah, you know what? Not every place resonates in the same way. Yeah, I, 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 t I totally get that. I will say only because, um, I'm gonna be careful not to mansplain here, that, you know, remember years ago, I used to work for that company um, that worked with um, seniors who had different disabilities. And one of them was um, if they were uh, deaf or uh, had hearing, um, low hearing, I don't know if it's called low hearing, but anyway, they have problems hearing or they were completely deaf. And there were people in our company who were, um, who were skilled in sign language. Yep. And, I, and I learned because our, the, the CEO of our company was partially deaf and he signed. And I learned from him that uh, American sign language is different than sign language everywhere else. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't either. He likened it to um, how we haven't converted to the metric system. Okay. Like how the most of the rest of the world is in a metric system and we're not. He said, however, he's able to communicate where he goes, but he did make it a point to say it is distinct. And I was like, okay, I did not know that. I but didn't know that. I thought maybe slang would attribute to it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So, and so I, so actually you bring up a good point. So let me, we have a caveat. That was my understanding of what he said. So if I'm wrong and any listeners want to correct me, then please correct me. That was my understanding of what he said. But okay, to your broader that. point, I totally agree that sign language can be very universal and under and being able to speak other languages, people, um, at, particularly Americans, we most of us just don't speak other languages. No. And, and it's not the fault of the places we go. It's just we don't. And if there was a common way to communicate, that'd be wonderful. Because I'm like you, I've been places and some people, some countries are helpful. The individuals are like, ah, fuck it, it's an American. Let me just talk to them in English. And some would be, ah, it's an American. They don't speak my language. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I've been super impressed with people that are bilingual. So when I go to get my nails done and the woman that I've seen for 12 years, she speaks Vietnamese to her, mm -hmm. her peers. I'm enthralled in just how she can switch from Vietnamese to then have a conversation with me. I find it impressive. I find it, I'm jealous of it. I wish my superpower was to speak every language known to man. Like yeah. I would have that opportunity. I love that because Elliot speaks Spanish. And sometimes I get on her, I go, you, you never speak Spanish to me. And she's like, well, you don't understand shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, teach me. <laughs> As I'm like, I'll understand a couple of words here and there. I can sort it out. So, yeah. I can tell you where the bathroom is or ask you where the bathroom is. <laughs> Having so, some conversation about your family. Right? Give me something. Um, so what's going on with this Ukrainian war? There's a little voice memo we, we chatted about a little bit earlier this, this week. You know, I was thinking about... Uh, I was thinking about this war, and I know you and I have touched on it a couple a, a couple times in regards to, you know, giving safe haven to Ukrainians, and you know it's because they're white and the black and brown people that are in this country are still fighting for citizenship and spending many many years trying to do that. And then it got me thinking about Putin, and I think there's a psychological part to him, in my opinion that he is looking for validation from his mom. I literally think that he is a man that it throws tantrums. He's not getting enough attention. He's not getting what he wants. That if he had a brother, which I don't know if he does, that he would have killed his brother so that he would get his mother's attention. That's how I feel about this gentleman. Like he's raising, he's he's having a temper tantrum right now. And he had so much time during COVID to like build up all these ideas in his mind and his, and, and how things should look and how he's not getting the things that he wants. And I, I don't know, I have this feeling that he's got mommy issues. You know what, that's a that's an interesting perspective because um, you know, you in, in, in mass media, because it's mostly, in America, it's mostly dominated by we, uh, wealthy conservative white males, right? So our, our media, uh, owned, right? So all the big networks and all the big uh, newspapers and magazine, news magazines, they're mostly owned and operated uh, by conservative, wealthy white males. And then they mostly hire to run the day-to-day operations. They mostly hire um, wealthy, conservative white men. And so then the people who then um, tell us, you know, the mouthpieces, most of them are, again, wealthy, conservative, white men. And then you have the mixture of you know, everyone else. So conservative white women, and then a couple of conservative um, Hispanics or black people. Mostly when you start sliding into the people of color, you get into the more um, non-conservative or the liberal progressive points of view. But those are not the majority immediate. So to your point about Putin having mommy issues, those guys that are over our media, they would never explore that angle. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, your never. point is so important, but they would never explore that angle because it would, it would, it would mean they would have to self-reflect on that. Yep. Right. They would totally have to self-reflect on that. But but the stories we get about him, um, if you go back prior to this war and prior to um, the former guy being being in office. The stories we got about Putin was how tough he was, right? And how yes. he was a, he was strong. He could wrestle bears and alligators and ride horse horses, you know, with his with his barrel chest, you know, out there, and you know his mistresses, and you know they just they admired him. And so there's no way they could then come around to now going, wow, this guy has mommy issues because man. Look, look, men in America are not built for that kind of self-reflection. And that's no. the black, white, Mexican, Asian. We are not built for that kind of self-reflection. We got mommy issues. Although American men are quick to say every woman up in the club got daddy issues. Exactly. Exactly. My point. Mic drop, sir. Yes. So I, that's what I was thinking about this war. I know that they're, I, I feel that the invasion is, of course, continuing. I just don't know what stage they are and at, at what point it do does it stop? I don't know. You know, I, I was getting caught up and I saw, um, I think, three significant, four significant events. One was that the Russians learned the hard way that they could not take and occupy the capital of Ukraine, um, Kiev. They, they got their asses beaten, right? They just, they could, and they, and they left. So that was one. To I don't know if I had asked you this question on this podcast or someone else, but I had a question, and this gets to my point number two, was Ukraine was on the defensive. They're protecting themselves and, and destroying, trying to destroy Russians as they were coming to Ukraine. And my question was, well, can they inflict some damage inside Russia? Because, yeah. because you know, if someone's just bombing you nonstop, 
and their citizens are like, yeah, we'll bomb them. Well, you need to feel some of that pain because then maybe you get a different perspective if someone bombed your church, your school, your hospital, or really just your goddamn neighborhood like they were doing in, in, in Ukraine. So I wondered that. And then some responses I got was, no, that Russia has very good service to air missiles and security. Ukraine would not be able to do that without significant help from the U.S., England, France, or whatever. So then the, that leads me to the other significant event was Ukraine sank the flagship Russian um, warship that was sitting in, sitting in, um, in, in the Black Sea. And significantly, the warship is named Moscow. They sunk that motherfucker. Whoa. They sunk it. And, and it is said, and there's video out there, and it is said there was five, at least 500 um, people on that, on that ship. And there's no record of how many died or survived, but there's video of that ship going down. Wow. Uh, and so, and so Russia, the rush, I watched some Russian news and they were, the news people were pissed because A, it was named, Mo A, it was Saint, B, it was named Moscow and see that Ukraine should not have been able to do that, but they did. So the, the broadcast was, they were equally mad at Putin and the military for allowing it to happen, but also in blaming the U.S. and NATO for giving Ukraine the capabilities to do that. Oh my God. You know, and so, but that's, that's how bullies are. So they bombed all these cities over there and they, one ship of theirs gets sank and they're like, oh my God, this is an outrage. This, <laughs> see, temper tantrum. That, right? So it's, yeah, a mess. Yeah, a big mess. And, you know, I, I think, I remember hearing stories someplace. And again, we talk about stuff and we don't always fact base ourselves because we're not a news organization. We're opinion rated. And I, I remember hearing somewhere about a Russian soldier who called his mom and was told that he was in a war, that he was told he was going to this like um, sort of fake simile, you know, as far as pretending to be in war to get trained for war, but not actual go to war. So I'm wondering where most or some of the soldiers lied to, to fight in this war, being told they were doing something else when they actually were actually going to war. Have you heard? Uh, you know what? I, I heard that and I, I saw or I read about that. I don't know if it's the same story, but a very, a, a, a few similar ones like that, that citizens in, in and around Russia are, um, will they be fed propaganda, right? That, yes. That, that, that um, the Ukraine is overrun with Nazis and that Russia is liberating them from that. And the reason that is playing well in Russia is that during World War II, uh, with the, the, the German Nazis doing all that shit in Europe, was that Ru the, the Russia lost, I don't know, I forget the exact number, but they lost the most soldiers in World War II to any nation. Like, it, it's them. They bore the brunt of Germany's um, reign of terror. And, and I, I want to say they lost a couple million. Like, like wow. I can look it up while we're, while we're, uh, while we're on this uh, podcast, but they were getting destroyed, but they... It was a point of pride and they had some saying like, you know, we can go to war because Russian women can create more soldiers or something like that. And they meant that as a as a as a as a, uh, a point of pride, which is really anyway, that's a whole nother topic. But but that they're being fed propaganda and they're saying there's Nazis over there, which is really jacked up because the president of Ukraine is Jewish. Right. <laughs> Like what the fuck? And his, I don't think I'm not. I don't think it was his parents, but I think his grandparents are survivors, or that he has parents and grandparents and family members who died in the Holocaust and some who survived. Like wow. this guy has real history. So to be calling that guy a Nazi is some twisted, um, gaslighting, bullshit propaganda. Damn, sir! It's just it. It never seems to end. It seems that we just continue to. Trouble all around us, no matter where we're at. It's it's a it's it can be sometimes exhausting. Other than you know having my having the opportunity to sort of escape a little bit watching TV. I mean, when people ask me what my hobby is, I say I will I watch TV. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, Jim, before you go to that, I did look that up, but I want to pay, I want to oh, get yeah. I want to get proper respect to the Russians in World War II. Russia lost, you won't believe this, 24 million people in World Shut War II. Up. 24 million. So that's 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 they had that between eight and ten million military deaths, and then the rest were civilians. Oh. So just right, 24 million. So by comparison, and show you how we get propaganda in this country, because we are, you know, we're told we were the heroes of World War II. I mean, that's that's what we're taught. Um, Great Britain, the United Kingdom lost 450,000. The U.S. lost 418,000. Yugoslavia lost a million. You're just going down. But Russia, 24 million people. Holy shit. That is, that's mind boggling. Mind-boggling. So, and not all that. Not all that was caught was the cause of Germany, but but the Axis powers, and then it's just a mess. But that's a lot of people. So that's why Putin is using we're fighting Nazism because that resonates so strongly with the Russian people. Got it. That's why he's using that. Wow. Wow. So he's using that to 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 bring forth the light and the remembrance of the. That were lost, and this is why we're doing it. Yeah, and it's really, it's, and it's really twisted that he's doing that because he's he's tugging at that something that national to, that is national to them, national trauma, right? Because every single Russian can I can talk about who they who their family lost in that war. Every single one. Damn. Twenty four million. So he is. So it, it makes what he's doing even more twisted to say that they're Nazis because he's just. Line and anyways, line and propaganda. So I wanted to correct that because I, I was I was misremembering thinking it was two million, but twenty four is just yeah, that's mind. That's mind boggling. That's not even you can't even wrap your head around that. Yeah, and I know that I didn't learn that in school that they lost. No way, that, right? I didn't learn that at all. I lost that. You know, they were in the war. They were on the side of the allies, and the, and you know the U.S. defeated them with their help and blah blah blah. Anyway, that stuff. So. Yeah, Damn, um, 24 million. So, yeah, so your hobby is watching TV. So what you watching these days? You know, I I the wilds and on Amazon Prime is coming back. So they're oh, yeah. coming back. Um, that's the plane crash of the girls that ended up having a plane crash. They had to survive. You find out some back end stuff. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. I wanted to refresh myself because it was 2020 that it came out and the season two is coming. So I'm watching that. And then I got stuck watching, not stuck. I actually have enjoyed it. Women who kill on Paramount plus, and it's just a series. And I don't know if you've ever watched American horror stories, but you don't have to watch every season to be in the series, right? Every season changes to some different um, storyline. And this storyline is only two seasons or this, show is women who kill are the first season was three different generations in the same house and uh, you saw in the 60s you saw in the 70s and the 80s and then you saw in the 2019 and you just saw the dynamic of um, relationships and and why women killed again a series not an actual like documentary yeah I got I am I was just enthralled with it so i i just started season two on it there's only two seasons so that's been pretty exciting and i just finished billions and their season finale so amazing well written but i mean witty smart i love watching shows that people are so fucking smart that i wish i had that intelligence and this is billions is based on just the stock market and 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 financial stuff so um I'm keeping myself busy. What about you? Okay, so uh, thanks for those. So the Wilds, I started but didn't finish that. Ooh. But it, for no, I mean, I, I liked, I liked, I think I watched two episodes, two maybe three episodes. I liked it, and I think I got distracted and just forgot about it. So I'm gonna make a point to go back and and watch that because um, season, like you're saying, season two is coming. Um, and on TV, I am. I have to finish this uh, Apple TV show called Severance. Oh, you know, I just heard that is by um, Stern. Uh, what's his name? Ben, ben uh, what's his name? That little he, guy from the office. Uh, no, not the office. He's from uh, like Community or something. I don't know. I don't know. He did name. a bunch of, Ben Stiller. 
So, oh, oh yes, that's right. Is the creator of that. And I heard him talking on Howard Stern about this show in regards to shutting off your mind or something when you go to work. Right. So the premise is, oh, and uh, Patricia Arquette, Patty Arquette, yes. who, um, um, great actor, underrated great actor. But anyway, so the premise is this company has um, created this, I think it's a program, but maybe it's a drug program, I'm not certain, where when you're at work, you, they basically separate your brain. Like you only know work. You don't know your outside life. You don't know who you were, who you are, your family, nothing. You only know work. And then when you leave, it switches and you only know your home life and you know nothing about what you do in your professional life. What? Yeah. And so, so it is very slow, very creepy but but the creepiness, well, it creeps up on you just a little bit at a time. And you start seeing these just really odd things. And then how they transition from time from one place to the next is really, it's really um, interesting. But again, it's creepy. And I haven't finished it. I'm trying to avoid the spoilers because it was going around is that it's a fantastic finish. And so I'm about, I think it's, I think I want to say it's eight or nine episodes and I am about six episodes in and it's really good. Oh, and also Christopher Walken is in it. Um, it's, it's really good. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. It's well done. It's very um, stripped down, you know, no biggie, no effects, just office building and people trying to sort shit out about whether it was work or home and um, how that is separated through this, process wow. and why they've done this and so i'm trying to still figure it out but it's on apple tv plus and it's um I, I would recommend it do you um is it going to is it a limited series or do you think it'll be back um i think it, yeah from what i what i read it has to have a second season yeah. okay that's it so i was watching that and then i was watching um this uh, reality show on netflix called um, don't even say it don't even say ultimatum. Married or marry me or ultimatum or something. Yes, don't. I had a. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> oh my God. It is. It is. It's another one of those um, Nick Lachey and Vanessa Manalo reality shows. Like they're the two hosts. And you have these, I think, five or six couples. And they're, um, they're, they're, they're part, they're, they're couples, but they're not married. And one of the couples, mostly it's the women, but there are a couple of guys who said, I'm giving you an ultimatum. Either you marry me or we're breaking up. And now they're on the show. And so what they do is the, the setup is you have to spend, you, you know, they get them out drinking and stuff. And then you have to spend um, three weeks with someone else that's not your partner. And the kicker is that someone else you spend your three weeks with is one of the other people on the show that you think you felt a connection with. I have to stop watching. I had to just go and tell me who stayed together because I could not watch. <laughs> I could not watch that I was sitting there in thinking to myself, I should be reading a book. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my God. It's so, and you know what? As, as, I, they're all in their 20s, right? Yes. They're all in their, you know, 22 to 28 or something like that. And every single couple you're going, they shouldn't get married. They shouldn't get right. married. Like you can just see it. You can just see it instantly. You mean the gaslighting, the lying, just it, just a full-on mess. And so then after they spend three weeks with their crush, you know, from on the show, then they come back together with their original partner to decide. They spend another three weeks and then they decide, do you want to marry this person or not? And you go through, you know, the final ceremony kind of embarrassing. Stuff. It is, and they, and they live with the other person, so they're in an apartment with the other person, sleeping in the same place. So, uh, it is. It's probably one of the worst reality TV shows that I would recommend people watch. One hundred percent. I mean. You and you know me, I watch almost every Real Housewife. So there I would 
that one made me feel dirty. So I just had to stop walking. It's like, I think one of the contestants said, he said, this show is just set up to give, to give you um, a free pass. To, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I would say that one. And then I stumbled upon a type of housewives, but it's set in Africa. It's called Young, Famous, and African. And I saw that. Yeah, it's one season on Netflix. And it's a group of um, famous um, African men and women from the continent. So they're from different countries on the continent, but they all come together. And I think they're in Johannesburg and they just sort of, you know, they do like the housewives, right? They have, you know, they have dinners, they have lunches, they have brunches, and they just find ways to get together and argue and fight. And it's, it, it's, it's the same as all those, but you get different, um, Black people from different countries in Africa. So you get a different vibe for how they um, oh. how their interactions are and everything. But they're all just wealthy people. You know, there's even a couple of billionaires, famous singers, famous rappers, famous TV folk, and just, you know, the whole mix. And so it's pretty entertaining. Um, it's only one season and it ended on a cliffhanger, but I, I sort of liked it. It was entertaining. Okay. I mean, maybe I'll put that on my list before Selling Sunset, Sunset comes back. Oh, God. <laughs> I love Selling Sunset. Like, I, Damn, I'm so mad at myself for liking that. God, that shows. Um, what about movies? You see any good movies? No, I haven't been. Here's what's funny. If a movie, I'm like, God, a movie's two hours, but I could sit and binge watch a show for eight. And I think I think a, a, a movie's too long because I don't know, I haven't, I, I just haven't had, I wanted to see the one with Ben Affleck and that really beautiful actress, I don't even know her name, um, called Deep Water on Hulu. Uh, I, so I've been wanting to watch it, but I have not seen any movies yet. What about oh, you? Oh yeah, Deep Water. Um, I saw Deep Water, I think that's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah, so I tell you a movie I saw, I saw it some years ago. Um, but it popped up on Netflix and I watched it again. It's called The Loft. Oh, what's yeah. that? So it's about these five bachelor guys and they're all famous. Like when I watched at the time, I didn't know these guys, but they're all famous. And so one, one is Keith Urban, that actor guy or Carl Urban, I think it is. And one is- the Keith guy, Urban is a country singer. <laughs> okay, so not him, it's the Carl Urban. And then the, the guy, you know, the guy on Family Matter or Family something, a camp. He's oh, sort of, Cam from from uh, Modern Family. Modern Family, yeah. And so Cam. Um, anyway, these five guys, and they decide to go in and buy a, a loft, a condo loft, where they can each escape to to cheat on their wives. Oh, okay. So that, so so that's the premise, and then something goes haywire, and it just all hell breaks loose. And so it's a funny, is it a comedy similar? No, 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 it's not a comedy. It's a movie and it's a, um, it's a thriller. Oh, shit. Okay. It's a mystery thriller. And you gotta okay. find out what's happening. I love it. Yeah. So I, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. Um, it's fun to see them because all the actors, you'll recognize, I don't know all their names, but you see me, go, okay, I know all these guys. And then all the, the mess that they get into because they decide to get a fuck pad. <laughs> You can never, you can never say something at the end of a sentence. Fuck pad is going to turn out good, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, you know what? I forgot that on the airplane back, um, I watched this series, or Ellen and I watched this series on HBO Max called uh, Hacks. Oh, with Gene Smart, and it's really good. So Gene okay. Smart is a um, comedian. And she's an older comedian and she has a show uh, in Las Vegas, you know? So she is you know, a famous TV actor who went under, she was a comedian. So she started her own, uh, what do they call residency in Vegas. And so she's on the older side and her show is popular, but sort of getting a little stale. And she decides to hire a new writer. Um, and so you see all the shit that comes with that. And then you get some comedy. And plus, Gene Smart is really good. Like, she's she's really good. So I think it's, I want to say it's nine episodes. They're probably 30 to 40 minutes a piece. And it's it's really, really good. It goes and it's from, on HBO Max, right? It's HBO, on HBO Max? Max. Yep. It goes from comedy to drama, back to comedy. Um, and it's very woman-centric. But 
There is um, there are gay people with real good storylines on it. There's um, black people with really good storylines. Lesbians with really good storylines, and it's all centered around this uh, older comedian who is burned out, but also really good at her craft. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Phil's coming up with some good stuff. They got that flight attendant season two coming back because I watched flight attendant season one. Oh, you know what? I, that's another one I, that I started and didn't finish, but, but not because I didn't like it. I wasn't enjoying it. I just, I didn't finish it. It's so good. Oh, that's what uh, Kaylee Kuoko. Yes. She is a big, she is a big um, advocate in the pit bull world. So she uses her, her platform to support pitbulls of Instagram, stand up for pitbulls of Instagram. So she uses, it's pretty admirable that she uses her platform for rescue dogs and specifically for pitbulls because they get such a bad rap. Um, so she helps in advocating, raising money so that dogs can be fostered and pulled from, uh, pulled from, you know, shelters and such. So I, I watched it and I, I started watching that first season because of that, because I thought, this is a compassionate human being who uses her platform for good. Oh, that's nice. That is, yeah. that, that is, so that's nice. So what is up with um, Mojito? How's Mojito doing? You know what? He is. So I know every time I tell you he's on different medications. So I, you know, maybe I've said this before. And if I have, forgive me for repeating myself. So Mojito has high blood pressure. He has low thyroid. He has lymphoma and he has Addison's disease. So Addison's disease is the cortisol levels in, in his kidney function. And he has to get a monthly shot for that. And in addition to that, he has to take medication every day. And prednisone is one of them. And prednisone, it makes you super thirsty. And um, so he'll, I'll make sure that he drinks before he goes to bed. So lately he's been getting up in the middle of the night where I have to where he puts his head up and I can slightly hear him panting a little bit. And he will, uh, that's his way of telling me that he's thirsty. So like the chic that he is, me having to like bring him a big bowl of water while he lays down in bed, he is drinking water and he doesn't drink quietly. So uh, yeah, it's interesting to know, you know, I think about how we all know certain signs if you have an animal you know certain signs of when they need something, when they want to do something, when they want to play, when they want to drink some water, when they want to eat. Uh, it's funny how I get to know as little things like that. And recently it's been drinking water in bed. So, you know, at two in the morning, I'm trying to fill up a container so that I can bring it to him. Angry at the fact that I'm up, but also I'm getting a drink of water. So why can't he? <laughs> uh, mojito is a bit of a, a diva oh 100 a lot of a lot of low-key shade and drama <laughs> <laughs> not at all and i was at my sister's who she's babysitting this little chihuahua mix i mean this dog is probably the size of mojito's poops and this dog would not leave my sister's side and i was thinking to myself I I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> My dog decides to just I, I'm a bother to him. So if I come in his direction, he's like, "Bitch, I'm out. Let me let me get outside." Love him, Bob Mojito. So what are you? Um, we don't talk about this too often, but we, we do in our voice memos, but we haven't talked about it on the show too much. So you're vegan. Yes. Um, so what what are you eating these days? You know, funny story that you mentioned that. So. Before I tell you what I ate, you know, I have parents that are still alive and being from Wisconsin, my dad was a hunter and, you know, and whatever. So he will never not eat meat. And when I go over to their house, my mom, who is always so thoughtful. So on Easter, I, I got up because I went out on Saturday night. So I was a little hungover and I didn't want to go to my sister's, but I did anyways. And my mom brought me. Um, some vegan chocolate, uh, dark chocolate. And she brought me these ginger chews that I really love. And I thought to myself, here's someone that tries to understand the reason why I do what I do in, in a vegan world and, and still have family that eats meat and, and dairy, uh, who took the time to find something for me, seek it out 
so that I can be part of the Easter celebration, even though I don't believe in Easter. I'm not a, I'm not that holiday person, but I, I just thought to myself, in a world where parents don't accept their children on so many levels, if they're not, you know, if they're not acting the right sex, if they're not dressing the right way, if they're not smart enough, that I thought to myself that I have a parent that might not understand why I'm vegan, but will go out of her way to make me feel special and not feel left out, even if she doesn't understand it. I thought that was pretty significant. That's, that's a really great story. Um, I, yeah, I'm glad you shared that. That is, that's, that's, um, that's a very loving thing to do for a parent, but also for anybody. Like we don't always have to um, even understand some things like whether it's veganism or I don't know, a, a food preference or a TV preference, whatever it is. But that doesn't mean that we can't accommodate someone and, and, be a, and be a nice, decent person. That's really nice. Right. Rather than questioning why I'm doing it or how could I do it or asking me questions that fall into their narrative of why they still do, she just wanted it to feel special. So, you know, I think for me, that acknowledges the fact that, um, you know, I've always felt supported by them. I mean, a, a lot in my life and, and having to be able to have parents that allowed me to be as free-spirited as I am, I'm very fortunate of. But uh, to, to what I'm eating, um, I will say that I've ate the same breakfast every day, probably for the past three and a half years. I have with hemp seeds and I have a tofu sandwich with some amazing bitchin sauce and um, spinach. And I, I love it. I look forward to it every morning. You know, I think last, thanks for sharing that. I think last, I think it was our last show. You talked about how um, dogs can eat the same food because they don't have a lot of taste buds. Yep. So I'm wondering. <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> you gotta go. The <laughs> same. Oh I mean, okay, look. The same thing for breakfast every day, for three every years. Every day. Every day for, it has to be my fourth year because I've been vegan now four years. So it literally, yeah, every day for four years. I might've swayed if I'm going on vacation because they don't have it. But when I'm here and I'm eating, it is that every, every breakfast. And I love every bite. So if I hired some people to uh, break in, tie you up and force you to eat another type of breakfast, like that would be torture to you. <laughs> It better be so good. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna just store that somewhere. Just <laughs> yeah, oh. it. <laughs> that is so funny. So um, okay, that was our vegan tale. So um, so we missed a week. It was good. To, it was good to catch up, and uh, we will to our dear listeners. We'll post. We'll have a show every week, and we hope. Um, in our in our show notes, you know what? I never sent that picture, so we get that picture of mojito in our show notes. But I'll send it to our production team so they could put mojito and they could see what you're doing. And I think maybe in some future episode, Jen, it'd be cool to um, uh, whenever you get your camera ready, that um, we could do a little promo video. Of you making one of your vegan dishes? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, just um, well, your breakfast. I mean, you, you eat it every day for um. 400, you know, for four <laughs> years, four and a half years or whatever. Um, but we can even some of our promos could be you doing some some specials or your, your vegan meals and stuff. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we try to get some of that in the show notes. We are, this is voice memos. We publicize, or we, po we podcast and we post every week. Uh, it usually comes out on Fridays and contact us. And like every, every other podcast host and host, group says rate us because it matters to someone somewhere so give us a high rating if you're going to rate us if you're going to rate us low fuck off we don't want to hear from you <laughs> i'll find you <laughs> um, yeah it was good 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 catching up and um this is myron from back in california back in the u.s back in california back in sacramento saying goodbye and what do you got to say jen 
You know what? It's, I missed you. Even you kept me up to date on your excursions through Canada. I still miss the presence of having you around. So it's good to be back as you flip me off. <laughs> I appreciate and value, and I look forward to our next podcast and and sharing our voice memos throughout this week. Okay. Peace out, and peace out. See everybody next week. Bye.